Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. I've been thinking a lot about relationships lately, specifically about the ways we are shaped and changed by the people we rub shoulders with, the people we choose to be near, and those who by happenstance are part of the daily worlds we inhabit. I've been thinking about families and marriages and friendships. In the last weeks of my mother's life, her world got very, very small. Just her bedroom, a few chairs, and the flower-filled view of her patio. But her world was also revealed to be vast, unknowably large, as people streamed in and out to sit in one of those chairs and talk with her about art, about a small group they had been in together, about poetry, about shared memories, some going back all the way more than 70 years back to first grade, some shorter term than that. People who couldn't come in person wrote emails and texts and letters and called to say, My life is different because of you. Her marriage, her art, our family, her work, a network of friends both deep and wide. All these ways I suspect she knew, and some more that maybe she didn't know, how she was a pebble in a pond rippling out. We have some ways of talking about relationships and the meaning of relationships. Some are better than others. Ubuntu is a borrowed word from the Bantu South African idea for the idea that our humanity takes shape in community. Often people define Ubuntu by saying, I am because we are. I can't know who I am without seeing myself as shaped and changed by you. And you can't know who you are without seeing yourself through the prism of your relationships and contacts. In the African Journal of Social Work, the idea of Ubuntu is defined even with more depth than this. A collection of values and practices viewed as making people authentic human beings. An authentic individual human being is part of a larger and more significant relational, communal, societal, environmental, and spiritual world. It's a long list. We become authentic humans, or to borrow a phrase from the Velveteen Rabbit, we become real by being in the world with other people. We become ourselves, whether we're handled with love or roughly by rubbing up against each other. 
but maybe you didn't come in this morning for children's books and social psychology. Chances are you probably didn't come in for quantum physics either, but that's where we're headed now. <laughs> because a whole other way of talking about relationships is to speak of quantum physics and entanglement. It seems, scientists say, that tiny subatomic particles like photons and electrons can become entangled with other photons and electrons, and then demonstrably show that when something happens to one particle, it impacts the other, even when they're separated by great distances. Now, there are too many scientists in this congregation for me to go much further. <laughs> so I'm going to revert back to my comfort language of poetry. As it turns out, I'm in good company here. No less than physicist Niels Bohr said of subatomic physics, when it comes to atoms, language can only be used as it is in poetry. The poet is not so concerned, he said, with describing facts as with creating images and establishing mental connections. So the image, or hoped for mental connection here, is that deep down we understand that every last bit of us is intertwined and connected, whether you and I understand the science or not. And we are changed and shaped by these tangled up lives. The preacher, like the poet, is also not always concerned with describing facts, <laughs> as with creating images and establishing some mental connections. For the preacher, especially when it comes to preaching about the Trinity, language can only be used as it is in poetry. You see, we have some ways of talking about God, too, some better than others. And the Trinity is one of those ways. It's hard, actually, to talk about God. And I think that's one of the reasons that it's actually helpful, that it's hard to talk about the Trinity. There are more ways to walk into the realm of heresy when tackling this idea, then there are ways to get it right. Trust me on this. This is why even the biblical readings appointed for this day maybe felt a little random to you. We're just looking for places where all three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, get named, whether the readings really hang together or not. And of course, if you want to include Hebrew scripture, which we do, this task of literally naming all three outright is impossible, as you have to infer Jesus' presence, layering his activity and presence in the word as the word. But there is something about that long, beautiful poem that didn't just inspire some applause a few minutes ago, but rather that moves us toward an appreciation of the nature of the Trinity. You might want to begin by leaning into that odd plural phrase, our image, created in our 
likeness. Mostly, today, I want to lean into the idea that in that opening chapter of Genesis that establishes all of it, all of everything, that we learn that everything is created with the fullness of everything else in mind. Every living thing is created in dialogue with every other living thing. The days and the elements of creation are stitched together, forming a world of interrelated beauty. The world as we understood it then, as we know it now, and even as we continue to know more and more, is a world of intricate and intimate relationships. The light and the dark and the plants yielding seed and the swarming waters and every winged bird and creeping thing and humankind, all created in communion with the rest of creation and in communion with God. There is a kinship at the very heart of the world, at the very beginning of the story, yoking us together for better or for worse. Now, I mentioned those heresies. And the best way to avoid heresies on Trinity Sunday, I was taught, is to avoid any and all comparisons. I had a professor who strictly forbade us from ever comparing the Trinity to water in its different forms of gas, liquid, and solid. Some people find that metaphor really helpful. He did not, and I'm never supposed to say it. So don't tell him. I'm actually not going there. The Trinity, what's behind his, his forbidden, forbidding us from doing this, is that the Trinity isn't like anything else because God isn't like anything else. But the Trinity is a relationship. God is who God is in relationship. A dance, some have called it. The three indwelling, the three not ranking, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existing in perfect which is to say complete love and unity, an intricate and intimate relationship. So maybe the triune God isn't like our relationships, our marriages, our families, our close circles of friends, but maybe we could be like that. Maybe we are at our best when we see that relationship is at the core of God and at the core of our being and actually at the core of everything, all the way down to the subatomic level. So we could try to talk about the Trinity, or we could realize that when we wonder about what it is between us, in the space between us that holds us together, creating a connection and a sense of being fully known, we're really wondering about God and that bit of God in us and between us. We could wonder about the mathematical possibility of three being one, or we could look around the created world 
and consider the mystery of how we become fully and authentically human on this very earth, in this fulsome world. We could think about doctrines and scriptures and even heresies, or we could imagine how we might best reflect the image of God through a love of everyone that we encounter over a lifetime. We could spend some time thinking about relationships and how we are shaped and changed by them, knowing that we are made in the image of a most wondrous and mysterious relationship at the heart of it all. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.